Hello there, I'm your host, McNeil Mulliken, and you are listening to the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Here I invite different people to talk about all topics relating to cinema. Visit the McNeil and Friends Podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com to learn more about the podcast and where you can find episodes. You can support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by following or subscribing on the platform you listen to podcasts and by leaving a rating or a review. You can also support the McNeil and Friends Podcast by telling your friends, and if you don't have any, you can tell your family. Thank you for listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Season 5 of the McNeil and Friends Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my friend Sam Morita, and now that the Oscars are right around the corner, we're going to rank the 94th Academy Awards Best Picture nominees. How's it going, Sam? Good. I'm excited to be back on here. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I think the last one we did was the uh, stressful movies, it top was. 10 stressful movies. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. A, that was an interesting conversation. It was. That was a long while ago. <laughs> yeah, was it last summer, I think? I think so, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so, like I said, we're going to talk about the best picture lineup for this year. Um, but first, let's talk about 2021 movies just as a whole, and then we can get into our thoughts on the Oscars. But uh, what were your thoughts on 2021 movies in general? Uh, I thought it was a great year. I wouldn't say that it was like a big, like a large quantity of, of great, great movies. But yeah. like the ones that I love, I like have very strong feelings for. Yeah. So, uh I know a lot of people. I feel like most people have said that it's not. I just yeah, I've like seen some people with. say that. Yeah, it was a massive step up from twenty twenty. Oh, for say. sure. Yeah, twenty twenty yeah. was crap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nothing I mean, came out. Well, I, honestly, in twenty twenty, I since there wasn't many movies that came out, I appreciated a lot of like smaller indie films. Yeah. So yeah. I do have like an appreciation for a lot of the movies that I did see, but uh, yeah, this movie kind of overshadowed it. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I think twenty twenty one was pretty good uh i think like i said it's better than 2020 not quite 2019 level for me but i did really enjoy this year and then uh let's talk about the best picture lineup so we've got belfast coda don't look up drive my car dune king richard licorice pizza nightmare alley the power of the dog and west side story half of them don't belong there Agreed, <laughs> but I don't think we agree on the same half. Not at all. They're the opposite <laughs> ones, probably. Yeah. I think there's going to be some overlap, but uh, probably <laughs> half of the half. 25% yeah. I think we'll probably disagree on, yeah. I'd say. I, yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, so what What are your thoughts on this lineup? How many, well, we talked about how many you, you don't really think should be in there, but what are your thoughts on the lineup overall? Uh, good. I, I just, there's just, <laughs> there's just some choices that I don't... I, I don't. I don't get why they go for certain movies. I yeah, they'll pick a um, movie. It's like nobody saw that. <laughs> well, also, I don't know when people say that they haven't saw, uh, seen a movie, uh, or like that Oscars nominate films that nobody's heard of. It's like okay, well now you have. How about, right. How about yeah. you watch it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, isn't that a good thing that like now you get to seek out films that you haven't seen? But talking quality wise i don't know they I have mean, a taste there's oscar Beatty movies that are better than the ones that they yeah. fall in love with which is right I just, I just get confused by that i i would agree so without spoiling which ones you don't really think belong yeah. which movies that weren't nominated would you have preferred to see nominated for best picture um spencer for sure okay i i really adored that movie i just think they're it, 
much more inventive biopics than the ones that they shower with awards. Yeah. And that's one of them. Uh, the Last Duel. Yes. Yeah. Great film. I agree. <laughs> uh, I have a bone to pick with uh, fan favorite Kurt on this show. <laughs> Watch out, Kurt. Who is always like, I saw in the comment of the Best Picture nominees for the- Bounce board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, uh, Last Duel, gross. Yeah. I was like, be silent. You gave House of Gucci a higher grade. Uh, nobody wants to hear it. Wait, what about House of Gucci? He gave it a higher grade. <laughs> oh, he might have. Yeah. I know he, I don't think he was a fan of House of Gucci, but, but yeah. Yeah. He was not a fan of Last Duel. Don't get it. I don't get it. I, it I really great. loved The Last Duel. I thought it was great. Oh yeah. I like a hundred percent disagree with every negative thing written about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also mass. I'm, I, I haven't seen that one. I don't understand how that's acting for, for the most part, how that didn't get in any the conversation. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, I would, I would, uh, agree with the last duel. That's one that I really liked would be in my top five of the year. Um, yeah. and then tick, tick, boom. That's one I would really love to oh, see yeah. in there. Like I saw some movies and I was like, you are really, you're, you're, you're saying you're going to choose that over tick, tick, boom. Like, come on, that's a great movie. And then, uh, tragedy of Macbeth. I really like that one just yeah. from a technical standpoint. I think that one should be recognized a bit more. Like it got yeah. some technical nominations. Will it win any of them? Probably not. Yeah. But, uh, I do, I would have liked to see it nominated for best picture. I think it could win cinematography. It could. But I think, I think that'll be Dune. Really? I think it'll be Dune. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. I think Dune's kind of gonna sweep the technical awards. I feel like West Side Story is getting kind of like a big bump. I think it has <laughs> recently. Yeah. So I don't know. That could. I think surprise. people are underestimating West Side Story. I think. Yeah. Me too. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. So, any predictions for uh, which movie is gonna win Best Picture? Mm, I think they're gonna give it to The Power of the Dog. I think they probably will. And if they don't, maybe West Side Story, maybe they feel like for some reason giving it to Coda. <laughs> I'd be fine if Coda won, to be honest. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I mean, they did win uh, the Best Ensemble for the SAG Awards. So yeah, yeah. people now kind of think their chance of winning Best Picture has been bumped up. I don't think they'll win because they don't have director. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they have editing either. And those two categories mm -hmm. are usually pretty big for a Best Picture winner. Yeah. Um. So... I don't think it has as great of a chance as something like The Power of the Dog that I think has kind of been over-nominated, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll talk about that eventually. Yeah. Um, West Side Story, I think, has a shot. I used to think Belfast has a shot. I really don't think it does anymore. I think it's kind of gone under the radar at this point. Initially, it was a front-runner, Yeah. but <laughs> we'll see. And then I think Dune has a chance. It could be in that one of those rare or one of those rare circumstances where the director didn't get the nomination, which, by the way... Denis Villeneuve oh, yeah. was snubbed. Didn't they give like Kenneth Branagh? <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, yeah, he did get it. Um, but I, I think uh, he he should have gotten it. I mean, he'll probably get it for Dune Part Two. We'll see. But oh, um, yeah. I think Dune has a chance, but I don't think it has as good of a chance as I used to think it did. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, before we get into our lists, I wanted to preface that my list is based on personal favorites. What about yours? Uh, no, it is. Uh, okay. I do like factor in uh, quality. Yeah. And, uh, but, um, yeah, personal preference. I don't know if I love the movie. I'm going to put it above. Same. <laughs> yeah. I know some people kind of like to do what movie should win. And I'm like, why don't you just go with the one you like that? No. Then, then say that's the one that should win. Like I get there's some objectivity to yeah. it, but I think some of the object 
the objective uh, criteria that some people have is still fairly subjective because everybody's objective criteria is still based on personal (laughs) preference. Yeah. I mean, if I have a strong feeling, that's always there, whether I think something is more deserving, even if I like another movie better. Yeah. Yeah. I'll factor that in if it really does outweigh how I feel about another movie. But no, I usually go by preference. Yeah. I do too. Personal preference is the... Uh, the priority for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not really going, some people say, well, what, let's go, what should win? I'm like, that factors in some, but I've got a favorite and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But anyway, all right, so let's get into our rankings. So, uh, we'll start off with yours. So there's 10 of them. So what movie is your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Belfast. All right. <laughs> uh, so I, hot take. Is it a hot take? Kind of. I, I don't. Well, I don't. I get mean, I don't name. really disagree, but I, kind of a hot are take. Crazy if they think this. <laughs> well, I don't. I just don't think this movie's storytelling was effective at all. Yeah. I just Yeah, the choice to make it black and white. Uh, I. I don't see why. And uh, also the way cinematography wise, I know it got praised for that, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was not like cohesive at all. There were very random moments where it would get like into handheld when he's like uh listening in on his parents but then other times it wouldn't yeah and there's one shot where he's like it's like from behind jamie dornan looking up very interesting shot but i was like this was felt very thrown in there i was, mm-hmm. I just did, felt tonally very all over the place and then it seemed like it wanted to take like the kid's point of view yeah but then it didn't give us any insight into i don't know a childhood's perspective i just didn't i just feel like it wanted like two different things and then yeah. it peppered in like the adult side of it with the parents but that didn't it didn't explore that either i just felt like i got a whole lot of nothing from everybody and everything i kind of agree with that one i like that they i appreciate that they went in this direction with trying to tell it from the child's perspective of the civil war yeah but they didn't really do a lot to make me care no, not at all. Uh, so I'm not I'm not a big fan of Belfast, but it's also not my bottom choice. You're not gonna like my bottom choice, which is no, licorice pizza. Everything everything he's about to say is gonna be wrong. <laughs> Go ahead. I know I'm in the minority with licorice pizza. Um <laughs> but it is the only best picture nominee that I genuinely cannot stand. <laughs> I just really don't like this movie. <laughs> and I know like people love it. I don't really get it. Um, so you can try to convince me. I know we've 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 messaged about it a little bit, but yeah. I just thought it was so obnoxious. Like I was rolling my eyes in this movie pretty much the whole time. I couldn't stand the relationship, the back and forth nature of their just really annoying relationship. It was their decisions got on my nerves, their personalities got under my nerves. It was just so irritating and frustrating to watch. There was not a lot of entertainment for me, except whenever Bradley Cooper was on the screen. Like, was it necessary? Not really. But I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's Bradley Cooper. He's entertaining. This is fine. Any other good thing? Um, no, not really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't think Gary's life made any sense. They tried to explain that he was this child actor and had this wealth or whatever. But even just for the... Um, the amount of time that passed all of his business, I'm doing air quotes with business accomplishments, <laughs> make absolutely zero sense. I mean, how did you pull all of this off at like 15 when in like a summer? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and why are they always running? Why are they always running? <laughs> that was like, where's Tom Cruise when you need him? He's a really good runner oh in movies. <laughs> There's a lot to love about that movie. 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot later with why why you like it a lot. There's a um, lot of absurd things in Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Agreed. Though. Yeah. But yeah. It's just like, you know, embrace it. <laughs> I can embrace some of them. Like, Paul Thomas Anderson movies are kind of a hit or miss for me, which yeah. you, you know very well. Yeah. Uh, Li- Licorice Pizza is my least favorite of all of Paul Thomas Anderson movies, which is a hot that. take, but wow. it is what it is. Yeah. I'm owning it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I, I hate it, but I, I strongly dislike it. I was hurt. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I, I don't really know anybody uh, who who dislikes it, to be honest. Really? So, okay. That's I, yeah, other than my mom. I saw it with her. She was like, I don't like this either. I was like, thank God, somebody else. But Did you see it in theaters? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we were. I saw it with my mom, and there were two other people in the theater. Really? And I just kept checking my watch. Like, when is this over? It just felt so long. <laughs> it was slow, monotonous, bland. I, yeah. It is what <laughs> I don't know. I, I really disliked uh, it. Um but yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to expect going into it. I I just knew it had the possibility or had the potential to be a, a hit or miss because yeah. it's PTA. Yeah. So I expected that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So your number nine. Uh my number nine is <laughs> King Richard. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh so uh, you know, it's a very it's a great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the story of Venus because yeah. it prioritizes Venus over it, Serena. It does, yeah. Um, and I thought the second half mostly was a lot stronger. Okay, mostly because uh, Will Smith's character does take more of a backseat, which helps the movie a lot. Okay. Um, I thought focusing a, the narrative on Will Smith, the dad, mm-hmm. uh, hurt the movie. I, okay. I, I, I just he had such a strong like ideology and what he was bringing from his past with like race relations and how mm-hmm. to navigate, you know, predominantly white spaces. And he kept trying to instill that by giving these monologues, but then the girls are just trying to be girls. So the movie's trying to be like this inspirational sports story. Mm-hmm. And then it kept like pulling back and then giving his character, stealing time from the girls and then giving it to him. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like it didn't want to explore or inspect anything with his character. It was just, with Will Smith's character. Yeah, Richard it was just Williams. like okay, it's the girl's story, but this is gonna be some sort of like Oscars vehicle for Will Smith. It just felt like that. Okay, just would have been more interesting and more illuminating to have it focus on the young girls. Yeah, experience with their dad parenting them but instead it just felt like i'm loving this dialogue with the girls just stay with them and also like what a great opportunity it would have been to just give a breakthrough um movie for two young black actresses yeah and instead it's just like the will smith show and i don't think his performance is all that great to be really i really don't i did i thought his accent was slipping a lot really uh it was I feel like I could just see him performing the whole time. And it also, it was kind of a physical thing too, with the way he stood okay. and the way he walked. Yeah. And I just thought like, I, I can see the cracks here and I just can tell that like, this is Will Smith and he doesn't naturally hold his face this way. And it was, I don't know. I thought it got in the way of his performance and I thought he was the weakest in the movie. That's so interesting. I have like all, all of my thoughts are kind of the, most of them, I would say, are the exact opposite. I, I, I agree that it really focuses more on Venus than Serena, if yeah. I got the names right. Um, I didn't want to mix up the characters. I'm not a sports person, so <laughs> no, I have... Either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I thought it was... I thought the 
angle they took that they that they did focus on the the dad's ideology was 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 interesting because I think I mean if they did focus on the girls I don't really know what all they would have done because I think it it would have just more they just kind of wanted to be teenagers and yeah. it would have been pretty surface level so I feel like they there probably would be more depth with with uh, focusing on the dad's uh, determination and uh, dedication to get them to be these athletes that will eventually make some impact in the industry but um yeah i mean i could see that but i also i don't agree about will smith's performance at all (laughs) (laughs) i thought his accent was actually great really um and i actually wrote in my and just some brief notes i have here on will smith like i never saw will smith on screen at all like i only saw richard williams yeah um but yeah i haven't i haven't heard that one yet um, that's interesting. I th- I mean, he he has moments where I'm like, oh, that's very Will Smith. Like when he's trying to be witty and he's cracking jokes, mm-hmm. like he's doing his little shtick. Yeah. Uh, but then the moments where he's like really trying to be like transformative or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought those I just, were great. <laughs> mm, <laughs> it didn't work. For me. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so um, okay. My number nine. We'll talk more about King Richard. In a while, <laughs> uh, my number I, nine is one that I just watched, and that is Drive My Car. Oh, okay. oh wow! Yeah, I was. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. I won't. I won't say I dislike this one. There's not really any that I actually genuinely d- dislike besides <laughs> Licorice Pizza, um, but I didn't really care for Drive My Car. And you know, we talked about it just briefly. Yeah. Um. It's it's three hours. It's like why? Why is this movie three hours it long? It is very <laughs> very long. Um. And it's a story about regret and guilt. And I think those are interesting themes to explore. And I think there were some interesting ideas. But, I mean, it took an hour, 45 minutes for them to actually even give some backstory behind the driver's life. Yeah. And I was like, okay, finally we get to, you know, she didn't really say much. And while in hindsight I understand that to an extent, I needed to get something yeah. before an hour and 45 minutes into this three-hour journey. Um, yeah. And so, I don't know, I, I thought overall it was it was slower than it needed to be that's going to be an ongoing theme with my bottom tier of movies here okay. is that so they're all slower than they need to be mm. um it just i don't know it wasn't my cup of tea if we're going to talk about movies where there's you know two people that don't know each other and one of them has to start driving them around i'd rather watch driving miss daisy to be honest which Ooh. did win best picture back in 19 yeah. or it was an 89 movie so i guess it would have won in 1990 but yeah but really. yeah I thought that was a good one, but um, I mean, they're obviously completely different movies, but you know, we're talking about drive is in the title and there's yeah. somebody else having to drive somebody around. I don't know if so. I've seen that. I think I it's pretty good. a long time ago, but yeah, I watched it not, yeah, probably two years ago, two, two and a half years ago, but yeah. it, you know, it's fine. I mean, I don't say it's amazing, but it's better than drive my car. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, what's your number eight? My number eight is <laughs> don't look up. Ooh. Uh, and you know, I don't. A, a lot of people would probably have it down there. I don't have like too negative opi- negative of a, an opinion about it. I don't hate it. I do find its like approach to making points about um, society or politics or anything like that to be a bit annoying to me. Okay. And like the type of people who do like make those jokes, but then I don't know. I think the cast is what really saves it for me. It's it is a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Um, it's just the humor doesn't always land, in my opinion. And yeah, a lot of people have said that about it. Yeah, and also the way like time moves forward in it was just very. I don't know. I don't think the, like the I don't think the writing was that great. <laughs> 
Um, like suddenly, I don't know. I, yeah, I think a lot of people with that one, the humor is kind of a hit or miss, especially because the topics are pretty sensitive. It kind of touches on everything. But it's, uh, I mean, I think satire does and doesn't work for some people. It's kind of, I think some people are on the fence. But are, would you say you're on the fence with satire or where do you land with it? Uh, it totally, it depends. Yeah. Yeah. So kind defense. of on the fence. Yeah. I'm, I'm usually all for satire. Like that's very much my kind of humor. Um, so I get easily irritated by it. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's just not really their thing. Every, I mean, I think humor is a really, it's a, it's a hard thing to nail for people because everybody's humor is so different. Yeah. And this one was really only going to appease a, a small group of people yeah. that I was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I totally get that one. Yeah, you know, that's one I I could I understand why it's divided. If you look on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's fifty five, on uh, for percent. So for, ha- for what critics or yeah for critics. Okay. Yeah, so half of them like it, the other half really don't. Yeah, that's why I'm I'm confused by the I'm honestly confused by the best picture nomination for it. I mean, yeah, I, people love it. I mean, I don't know about what the audience score is. What, it's like, higher. I think it was in the seventies. Yeah. Even before I saw it, I'm like, that doesn't seem like a thing the Oscars would go for. I think because they've liked Adam McKay's recent two movies after he's moved out of the, the, after he's moved out of the slapstick territory and moved more into the satire that focuses on political commentaries like, uh, well, The Big Short was more of an economic commentary and then Vice was a was very much a political commentary. I, I yeah. enjoyed both of those a lot, so I wasn't surprised that I really liked Don't Look Up. I liked this back half of McKay's filmography much better than his whatever the he was doing yeah. prior to that. Uh, so my number eight is one you already talked about. That's Belfast. Mm. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it either. It, I mean, like I said earlier with uh, uh, Drive My Car, movies being too slow for their own good. Belfast is not even two hours, and it felt like three, in yeah. my opinion. Like, no, it, it feels long. I like that they, you know, we talked about it briefly, so I won't ramble too long, but we talked about how it's told from the perspective of a child, and I appreciated that. I just don't really feel like they did a lot oh, to absolutely. to really draw audiences in. I know it worked for some people. It just really didn't for me. But I, I, I do think that their usage of black and white was creative and how they transitioned it from color to black and white or when they used some color in the in black the, and white when they were in the theater yeah i, I thought that like, was cool that's that cool um and uh yeah i mean i think it's well made i just don't think it's very engaging um like the performances were good and everything but it was just it was just the story really didn't captivate me at all so on a technical standpoint it's good i respect that it's this kind of uh semi-autobiographical story of Kenneth Branagh's childhood and I thought that was interesting but you know I just I didn't really connect with it when I feel like you know it's a story you kind of need to connect with to really actually appreciate the story not just the technical aspects of it yeah because that's what it represented for like Kenneth Branagh a lot of people I saw were uh, comparing it to Roma with okay. Alfonso Cuaron, and I disagree with that comparison yeah. 100%. Um, this doesn't achieve a fraction of what that movie does. I feel like people are trying, they might be comparing it because they're both black and white best picture noms in the modern day. I mean, yeah. That's, that's, that's probably, that's, I think that's probably the only similarity. Uh yeah, I mean, well, Roma's like a also autobiographical okay. about yeah. his childhood. But not from his point of view. 
But um, yeah, I also didn't think the performances were all that great, mostly because I don't think there was much to any of these roles. So I, I don't, I'm confused on the, on the nominations in, in those categories too, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I thought that everybody was good, but I didn't think any of the performances in this movie necessarily warranted a nomination. Yeah, because that's kind of how I am with it. I just thought the roles were very like thin, and none of the performances did anything to surpass the writing there. So it was just right. very n- not very nuanced work. I thought. Yeah, that's I wasn't. Harsh. Yeah, I mean, I thought they were fine, but I think there were other performances last year that deserved nominations more so than yeah. than any of them. But that's just me. But I'm not, I, I, I'm not like butthurt that some of them did get in, no. you know, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so Belfast, that was my number eight. So on to your number seven. Uh, my seven is Coda. Oof. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I, this film is very pleasant. It's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I think doing this like coming of age and I like high school, uh, drama comedy type of movie um could be very like cliche and and I I think it is mm-hmm. in many ways but then I think you know making the family to be um they are deaf and I thought that adds a lot of uh, as a new thing to that genre yeah so I thought that was really cool it's just uh, it's really formulaic in a way that I just I feel like I've seen this movie many times yeah. Uh, there's also like a romance kind of in there with the, yeah, a little bit with the lead character, but it it's such a non thing, and yeah, I mean, but so. aren't all high school romances kind of a non thing? I mean, yeah, but I I don't know. I feel but like they if, but they exist, you know. Yeah, but I feel like if you're nominating a film for like best picture, like I think like all the aspects of the film need to be like everyone needs to be at the top of the game, and the writing for the high school plot and all that was very uh subpar and just you know common for this type of of a movie yeah but i loved the rest of it i i would i did feel emotionally connected i also especially love uh the song choices i adore like joni mitchell and both sides now Mm -hmm. and i I was really happy when it was revealed that she would sing that yeah so i love that scene where she is you know signing along to it to her family yeah, that's a great scene. Uh, I really, really like that her scene. Audition. Yeah, I like the soundtrack too. One of my favorites is um, "Beyond the Shore," which is um, sung by the uh, the lead actress in the film. Um, I forget her name in real life. Amelia Jones. Yes, yeah, Amelia Jones. That's right. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so uh, I really like that song a lot. I like the soundtrack a lot. I think it's um, I think it's an interesting movie. Some of some of the things you said about being a bit too formulaic, I'll touch on a little bit later. Um, when we get to it on my list, but um, I did really like it. I think it's a really good movie. But you do you you do like it, right? I do like it. Yeah, yeah I don't really have any complaints about it. It's not nothing. It just doesn't really annoy- compare to the other ones yeah, above no- it for no- you. Nothing annoys me about it at all. Okay, cool. Yeah, it did get a. Uh, I think so. It's nominated for best picture, and then Troy Kotsur got supporting actor, which I really love that he was nominated oh, for yeah, that. And too. then um, I think it actually got uh, adapted screenplay nomination oh, yeah. i think it did i don't think it got anything else though so no. yeah the fact that it doesn't have director or editing is kind of like an indicator that it's likely not gonna win yeah. best picture i would re- like i, I would, would be, honestly be surprised if it I won i would be too but 
I guess you know, never say never. I, I I'd be fine with it, but I don't I don't really uh, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, so my number seven. This is also another hot take. I mean, we've been full of hot takes this whole episode. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my number seven is the power of the dog. Um, okay. I don't I don't dislike this movie. I just think I could have been interested in it more had it been a little different. Um, mm. So I think I'm more mixed on it than anything. The ones below it, I would say, I like I. You know, they're not really movies that I'm thinking about. I don't really think about this one, but I think it had the potential to be kind of one of those top tier psychological dramas. I think they went for something really, really subtle with this movie and everything was very surface level. Like the the main tension in the movie is between Phil and Rose, played by Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Kirsten Dunst. Mm -hmm. And their their conflict to is just there's not really a lot explored so their motivations on the surface aren't very clear so you really have to read between the lines which i can do and i understand what it's about but it was like they really didn't want to explain much they yeah. really wanted you to have to peel back the layers and that's you know that's fine but i feel like there's kind of this trend of things being way too subtle right yeah. now and i'm and i'm like i think that's kind of why i was really drawn to don't look up it was not subtle at all <laughs> i love that about it and so I, I've seen some similar complaints. I, I don't think I'm the only one saying that it was it was too subtle. Like I thought the performances were good. I thought the cinematography was great. Johnny Greenwood's score is really really good. Mm, yeah. um, so I think it has an interesting concept, but I, that like I said, the exploration was just a bit too subtle. I mean, like for example, one of the one of the best examples I can think of is you know there's a scene where Kirsten Dunst's character is playing a piano. And oh, yeah. then Benedict Cumberbatch is upstairs creeping around this door and he's like, I can play my banjo louder than you can play your piano. And she's just distraught. And I'm like, <laughs> just for a lot of a lot of people watching this would be like, what is even happening? You know what I mean? And so it's just I was like, is there not was there not a better way we could have gone about dealing with this conflict between them? Like there who's yeah. who can outplay a banjo over a piano? Like, come on. <laughs> um it's it's fine. I think overall, yeah. like I, if I had to go thumbs up or thumbs down, I would just slightly give it a thumbs up because I do think the technical aspects are really good. Mm -hmm. Performances are good. And I think it has the potential to be there. So I say it's worth watching for that. But it's not really something I would ever have to go around to see again. Like, I'm glad I saw it. Don't have to see it again because yeah. I wasn't it didn't really leave me thinking with much because everything was so subtle. Yeah. But I knew we'll see it higher on your list, I'm sure. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll get into my thoughts on it. But yeah. Heard. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay moving on to our number sixes what is your number six uh my number six is nightmare alley okay cool um yeah this movie was good um i can't say too much like in depth about it just i, th I had like a couple drinks before i went in to watch it <laughs> so on, and i was like feeling it while i was watching yeah. it i saw it with a friend you so said you saw the black and white version too. I did, didn't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. And we, I don't, we didn't even know that. Um, we just, it, it, we saw it and we were showing our ticket, but it didn't even say the name of the movie. It just said like, huh? I don't know, a, a special event. Yeah. We're like, wait, are we? Is, is what's this the going right on? thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was black and white. And honestly, I, I think it looks a lot better. I've seen some scenes and and photos of it in color, and it's so beautiful in black and white. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it is, especially because it's that you know it's a remake of an of an older movie of the same name from the 40s, I believe. Yeah, and especially like the use of lighting, it just it just felt made for it. Yeah, it was beautiful. I I've actually seen it twice. I saw it. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw it in color both times. I think they were only playing the black and white one 
uh, like in a limited theatrical release around here. Yeah. Um. So you probably hit it at the right time, right? That one week where we get in, in South Carolina, where we get like just those very brief <laughs> windows to go see stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I I saw it in in color, but I I I still like. I can see how it works really well in black and white, but I do really like the the color in it as well. Yeah. Um. I love I love the production design the yeah the setting I, I um I love the character arc for Bradley Cooper's character yeah it's fascinating it's very, yeah I uh, I have memory of the whole movie so I know this is where I would place it mm-hmm. but that's the extent of my thoughts <laughs> right <Okay>. now <laughs> <laughs> um my number six uh and I I guess I should say before I really get into any of these is I I. I do really like all of these from here on out. Like I had some gripes with some below it really don't like one, but I would go very positive on my number six through one. So I have very little complaints okay. with any of them, but nice. my number six, you're not going to like this and this West side story. Okay. I, I really like it. Like I think it is a technical achievement and masterpiece for Steven Spielberg production mm-hmm. design, okay. sound design, cinematography. All of it is top notch, top tier yeah. Spielberg. Uh, and the performances are great, particularly for me. The standouts were Rachel Zegler, Ariana DeBose, and Rita Moreno. I think all of them were were fantastic in uh, in these roles. Um, West Side Story. My only problem, or I've only had, I've only ever had a couple problems with the story, even with the original. Like I have a lot of nostalgia for the original. I saw it a few times when I was younger, um, and I think this was a very warranted upgrade from it. Um, but I always had a hard time buying into certain parts of the story where it's, you know, her, um, he, he kills her brother and she's okay. I still love you. And I'm like, but do you, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, and I know it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's very much inspired by Romeo and Juliet, but I, yeah, yeah. that, that one plot point is always like, yeah, huh? everyone kind of has trouble with that. <laughs> yeah. What about you? No, I actually think uh, I think it works a lot better in this version. Okay. Um, and I I think this move this version does a lot more to hammer the point that she's angry and mm-hmm. hates what her brother does and acknowledges that yeah, he's that like true. on this killing uh, path or whatever and mm-hmm. and she knows that truth um, going into that night where the rumble was happening and she also knew that. Tony was going there with the purest of intentions, uh, trying to stop it. So I I understand why she wouldn't like. But yeah, someone yeah, someone true. died. Surprising that it was the, the gang leader. Yeah, and he failed at keeping the peace. But like, I don't know. And she's young. That I don't know. True. It was more understandable in this one. I thought. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's, it's a still, part of the story, so it was going to happen regardless. But I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think they did you know, make it to be a bit more believable in this version. Yeah. I think in the original, it's like, you guys are insane. <laughs> yeah. And, and this one, it's more like, okay, we're, these kids are problematic. Right. <laughs> and this is what they're doing. All right. Okay. I think, uh, overall it essentially is the same story mm-hmm. almost beat for beat, but they have, they, they kind of, they give more, they dive more into the themes a bit more in this film and they, yeah. Do a few differences. Um, like it's the one that always comes to mind for me is uh, Rita Marino's character at the end. She sings the um, the is it the Tomorrow song or whatever. Yeah, is it called uh, Tomorrow? No, uh, somewhere. Somewhere. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he's thinking Tomorrow. What am I thinking of? Is that a different Annie? movie? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I think it is Annie. <laughs> Why am I getting that mixed up? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting my musicals mixed up. Um, but but yeah, uh, that was the biggest difference that I that I noticed. What about okay. you? Oh, uh, for, uh, the biggest difference is uh, I would say in like the musical numbers. Uh, jumping off of your example is the cool song. Uh, the way they did cool in this version mm-hmm. was completely different, uh, and I thought a lot better. And the original, I don't know if you remember, they're doing it in like this parking garage after Riff and Bernardo yeah. have died. Yeah, yeah. And in this one, it's Tony and Riff fighting over the gun. Okay, yeah. And I just thought that was brilliant, especially like lyrically with the song. I thought it fit perfectly. It just made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. That that would be how the scene plays out. Yeah. And I don't know. It was an emotional end to that song too when... um you see how Riff is choosing to choose violence and it brings a tear to Tony's eyes. And yeah. I don't know. I thought that was, was a emotional scene too. Cool. Well, I'm sure we'll get into more of your yeah. thoughts on West Side Story in a little bit. Uh, so what is your number five? Uh, my number five is Drive My Car. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, going. I agree that it, it at the beginning, especially the first half, the first hour... And I wasn't sure where the movie was going. I thought it was very subdued and in the performances and overall there was never like any score. Yeah, very, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I wasn't sure what to make of, of the film. Uh but going forward, I I don't know, it was clear to me why these characters were, you know, this quiet, whether it be um the driver or the the playwright. And um, I don't know. I enjoyed the the making of his play and how you know his art was imitating his life and vice yeah. versa. It was fascinating. I did like how I thought the writing was very good. I liked the screenplay, the way each character would tell stories, whether it be his wife um, who died, telling her coming up with these stories, mm-hmm. and the way they tell it back to each other, or especially my favorite scene where they go to the near the end of the movie where they go to where her mother died. Yeah. Um, and they're both telling a lot about themselves to each other. And I thought it was just very beautiful and it did make me almost tear up. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was just, I don't know, it was very beautiful seeing this emotional connection that they're finally making mm-hmm. and in ways that they could relate to each other. I don't know. It ended to be a very beautiful movie, in my opinion. And But you think the second half is stronger? Oh, much stronger, yeah. Yeah, I could agree with that because it definitely makes things make more sense in retrospect. Yeah. I just felt like, I know you talked about, you know, seeing the the play, you know, develop and everything. I just kind of got sick of it. Really? <laughs> it, was, it felt so repetitive. I feel like we're beating a dead horse at some point, And then eventually we finally get to learn more about the backstories of, of them. And I'm like, if we yeah. cut all of that out, like I know that's crucial to the story, but if we did cut it out, and we had, you know, like the first 40 minutes before they had this random opening sequence there. And then we skipped to the ending. I feel like it still would have made sense. Like, here's your yeah. driver and let's go here. Boom. And I'm like, okay, I could have dealt with that. Yeah. <laughs> it would have. I, I, I guess that's an exaggerated explanation for me just to say it didn't need to be three hours. And by the time they yeah. got to the, you know, the emotional stuff, I just wasn't invested anymore. Yeah. I think I do agree that it didn't have to be three hours, but I, I do think that the repetitiveness, I think, I don't know. A lot of times when they would revisit something that happened before it would like to 
be to like peel back another layer of it, whether yeah. it be like the um the young guy who was sleeping with his wife, right. where he's telling him the story, um, the ending of it. Yeah. Um, that she was writing. Um I don't know. I was very captivated by by the dialogue. So um I don't know. I I did like it. I don't feel very impassioned by like towards it, but um I do think this movie and um the ones we'll get to are the first ones that I think are actually like deserving of a spot okay. in best picture. Yeah, I don't think um I would say my numbers four and upwards, I would say are the ones that are very deserving of of uh, best picture nom. Okay. Um have I said my number five? I honestly have no idea. Uh what's your number five? Nightmare Alley. No, you haven't. Uh, okay. I didn't think okay. so. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, we, I mean, we just talked about it, so I don't have to talk about it a ton. But I did see it twice. I enjoyed it a little bit more the second time around. I had a better appreciation for the pacing because I expected something a bit more thrillery, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Uh, the first time around, and it was a little slower than I anticipated. But I think I, you know, I knew that going into it the second time around. So yeah, I, you know, I, the, the first two acts I actually enjoyed more this time. The first time I saw it, I thought the ending was more interesting, which seems to be the opposite experience most people have had. Everybody liked the carnival stuff better in the first act. And uh, I, I, I like that more this time around. But the production design is really, really good. Uh, Nathan Johnson's score, I think, is very underrated. Bradley Cooper's really good. I think he plays this very interesting guy. It's a character study kind of about this this guy who ultimately becomes something he did not set out to become. And he became the thing he never wanted to become, Yeah. ultimately. And you saw kind of how that affected him emotionally and all because he let his ego get in the way, you know. And I thought that was yeah. an interesting character study. Um, mm-hmm. I think Kate Blanchett, though, is a standout oh, in Nightmare yeah. Alley. She like was. she's phenomenal. Like she's such a powerful uh, presence on screen. Yeah, she's playing this corrupt psychologist was very interesting. Yeah. I really enjoyed that character. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it more the second time around. I didn't even dislike it the first time. I just had a better appreciation for it this time around. So yeah, it comes up at number five. We don't have to ramble on with it too much since we already talked about it on yeah. on your list. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it's. I was surprised to see that it actually did make it into best picture. That was one I wasn't expecting. Uh. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I just neither were going to go from <laughs> movies that I didn't particularly love, love. But uh, yeah, just because of the name attached to it, the director, yeah, I, I did kind of think he would, it would make it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I was kind of, that was one that surprised me the most. A lot of them I was, I was, um, well, I think I was expecting being the Ricardos. And then I saw that was not the first one they called because they go in alphabetical order. I, yeah. I didn't think that one should have been in there, but I yeah. really thought it was going to. Um, and then I was like, wait, so what's going to take being the Ricardo's place? Because I was really confident that would make it. But You were, you were hoping Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> I was hoping Tick, Tick, Boom. Yes, yeah. I was. Um, and that but, had a shot, honestly. It did. It did, yeah. Especially, I mean, it even got editing. And then as soon as that happened, I was like, boom. Yeah. It's going to get it. And oh, no pun intended with that boom, by the way, but <laughs> but it uh, it didn't get it, which is really upsetting. But anyway, yeah, Nightmare Alley, number five. So, uh, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is the power of the dog. Alrighty. Uh, so I yeah, I see what you mean about this movie being very subtle, bordering on too subtle. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that mostly because it it felt a thousand percent consistent in that the whole way through and i thought like the the uh score was very i don't know reflective of that and this like um tension that was just lingering throughout yeah i i don't know it just worked for me so i was i just fully engaged throughout um with the characters and and i did think 
I don't know. I liked the dynamics between all the characters. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating uh, way of, I don't know, exploring masculinity and, and seeing, especially, I, 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 I like uh, Kirsten Dunst's performance the most. Yeah. I just think it's interesting how all these, like these three different men around her are affecting her mental state and seeing her kind of spiral i yeah. thought was uh, fascinating to watch especially that scene where she uh decides to like give the the hides to these natives that were coming mm-hmm. and it was yeah, pretty, I, yeah i remember that yeah scene. and she just chooses to just like take some agency for herself finally and yeah and do something that she would do and that is in complete opposite to phil benedict cumberbatch's character would do i also think it's very um uh, what's the kid's name? Cody. Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah, he his performance is interesting, and I've come to appreciate it more. Uh, but mostly his character, I think, it's an interesting thing to put him in like this hyper masculine setting, in like in a western movie, right? Yeah, where these all this like homophobic men kind of taunting him, but mostly Phil, and to see him have so much confidence and he really doesn't he's not phased by it doesn't seem like i yeah. think there's one scene but like he's really he really walks around without really a care about it which is an interesting uh depiction of of a gay character like that mm-hmm. even though they don't really explicitly say that but uh yeah i like that and especially there's a scene where he's like uh yeah my dad told me i was too strong and then feels like she just scoffs like strong yeah, you crazy. So it's just interesting to that the movie just questions like what is strength as a man because <laughs> the, the young kid is the one who came out on top and he's he's really the, the most powerful man in the room in that scene where he's uh making the rope and he's just giving him a cigarette and it's it's just it, I don't know it's a fascinating fascinating story. So uh so what do you make of the the ending? The ending. How do you mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I think it kind of leaves a little ambiguity. I mean, I think it, I About mean, for me, it, it felt kind of clear. Yeah, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, to me, it feels very clear. Um, I've seen some people say that, like, wait, what happened? Um, and they're confused. I'm like. Because it didn't ex- explicitly tell them. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was extremely clear uh, that, yeah, that he um, he went. We even saw him get, go to a, a dead. I don't know what animal. A dead animal, and yeah. and remove the skin or whatever, and uh, yeah, no, I realized it as it was happening, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was that he he had a uh, poisoned yeah Cumberbatch. I, I, I loved that development. It was it was interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I just felt like it was all super subtle. Like it could have been something I was more invested in. Had for example, the character we're, we're talking about, Cody Smith McPhee's character, he was briefly there in the beginning then he leaves for a long time and then comes back and then that's really where the tension really starts building yeah. but the movie's building the super tense atmosphere through the music and, and 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 all the technical aspects so i felt like it wanted me to believe there was all this tension and i was there wasn't really a lot happening beyond the surface that yeah. that was just that was my experience with it though yeah no i see that i i just thought it was uh, i liked just trying to depend fully on trying to read the subtext 
yeah um, that and also the movie is somehow like really rewatchable to me i don't know why have, just, you, have like, you seen it more than once then i have yeah how many I times have you seen it uh at least three. Oh wow okay but like i don't know just the way the movie plays it just i don't know it feels like a very easy watch <laughs> like it's not like an intimidating thing to put play and like just like commit to it i don't know interesting I, huh yeah, I mean, it's I, not it's like, not a like lighthearted movie. No, it's not. But, but like, it's I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people people are liking it, especially the, especially the the critics and the movie fan base in general are really liking yeah. it. And I don't I don't dislike it. I just think uh, I don't know. I feel like I could have liked it better if they weren't so subtle with with everything. That's just not. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that angle of isn't particularly my cup of tea when they're not really when everything is just so surface level at least i yeah. felt like it was kind of surface level if i saw it again then maybe i wouldn't feel that way but i really think it would be pretty much the same thing if i saw it again uh so my number four is one i think it was your number nine if i'm not mistaken that's king richard mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh i mean i feel like i kind of explained why i liked it a lot but i did like will will smith's performance a lot i liked that they took the angle of uh depicting this father who's very determined and uh, dedicated. He's this very complex man who he ta- you know he has some questionable methods into how he's trying to actually, you know, mm-hmm. make his daughters make that impact he really wants them to because of how um, dedicated he is to doing it. And so he kind of, you know, maybe he puts too much pressure on them. Maybe he he doesn't. I think that's kind of what the movie's making you question. Yeah. And I think you know most people would say he is. You know, putting in a lot of pressure, but I think you know there are parents out there that are like that. So I think that's kind of an interesting story to tell. And as somebody who's not a sports fan, I thought it was a, it did a really good job of like making me care about everything that happened. And tennis is not a sport that I know anything about in the slightest. Um, and so I thought it was interesting that I could just you know watch this movie and be totally engaged with it and care about the story and the characters i do agree i I think they they definitely put a larger emphasis on on venus and serena but from what i understand i think her story came a little bit later after doing some further reading yeah um so if that is the you know that's the story they were going with then then i think you know then that just kind of is what it is that's the events of what happened but you know i I just think this is a movie that if if you're not a sports fan you could just turn it on and you know, without any prerequisite knowledge on sports and, you know, have a good time with it. It's, to me, it felt like one of those more inspiring types of, of biopics. Yeah. But I, I think your your take on it is pretty interesting. I haven't, I really haven't heard many negative things about it, if any, to be honest, until now. <laughs> uh, and Well, a good thing I'll say about it, I, I do love the supporting cast, especially like John Bernthal. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. Yeah, I think he... I just love the energy he brings to the movie. Yeah. He's always cool. Yeah. But it's funny. There's like a, this is a random observation. There's like, uh, especially near the beginning, like this very typical, like a uh, sports movie, um, dynamic music. Kinda. No, oh, no, no, no. Music, like the okay. score of it, like, <laughs> with the, like the opening credits. And there's this like energetic string music that I'm always like, this is the most like, generic i didn't pick up on that (laughs) like i've heard this in like a billion movies yeah it's it's just a funny thing that i was yeah i guess i I guess i didn't really analyze the score all that much in that movie but but yeah it's because it's the type of movie that would have that score (laughs) i guess so (laughs) it's really funny i heard it i'm like wow yeah um so uh coming into our top three what is your number three 
Uh, my number three is Dune. All right. Uh, Getting into the good stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we haven't gotten into anything good, but. I mean, until you, the until really you get good to stuff. my number two. Uh, yeah. Uh, number three is Dune. Love this movie. Uh, I tried to <laughs> I tried to read the book. Yeah. Before, but I'm in school, so I didn't have time for that. But it got me really excited for it. And mm. beforehand, I did see the original one by David Lynch. Oh, I didn't do that. I, I thought it would be a mistake yeah. to do that because well, nobody likes it. <laughs> well, it, it honestly it helped me like know to know what all like the story beats were, even extending past this movie yeah. all the way to the end of the book. So I like having the full context of it and then being like, okay, we're going to draw out the first half. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. So I liked that. Um, and it was much better than the David Lynch movie. I'm sure it is. Um, I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> uh, I love like big sci-fi epics, and this yeah. gave me kind of everything that I want from one. Um, visual effects were great. Everything was just totally believable. Yeah. Uh, saw it on IMAX. and uh, I wish I saw it on IMAX. Oh, you did, you no, didn't? I didn't, Damn. no. Yeah, and I think everyone's talked about like how the scale of it is just so ginormous yeah. with the the ships and everything and there's a lot of just <laughs> of the movie you're just like watching ships operate and like fly and all this <laughs> but i just i can't get enough of it because it's just so it just looks everything just looks so expensively produced yeah that it's so believable as a world just think the world building is it in it is extremely strong especially what you hear from it and the little uh the film what is he the little documentaries he's like listening to <laughs> oh i think he called them film film books and the film books yeah yeah yeah. i don't know i just it's so immersive i just feel i just want to know more and more and more about it yeah um, world building's really rich and it is dense it is and the especially pr- beginning to the book yeah oh yeah it's a large book <laughs> <laughs> it is uh the characters were great yeah um the way all the different factions function, like the Fremen, the Bene Gesserit, um, which I just want to know more of. It's just a fascinating political story. Yeah. That I'm excited to get more of in part two, because I know part two kind of gets more into that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot more that's going to happen in in, uh, in part two. Yeah. And they actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's like this plot twist that they excluded that does happen in the first half. And uh, they'll get, I think, I'm assuming they're going to bring it up in the second one. But, but yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a very uh, interesting, fascinating world to just kind of yeah go into for two and a half hours. Um, it is, yeah. But, but, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on it. We can get into it later, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so my number three is Coda, which, what number was that one for you? Was it uh, seven, I think? Seven, I think. Okay. Um, I don't know how I pulled that number out, but yeah, <laughs> <Good memory. laughs> yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed Coda. Um, I, I especially like I saw I saw it the one time and really liked it. And the more I thought about it, the the more it sat with me very well. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a it's a really good emotional and inspiring story. Um, and I know as people have you know described it as a, as a crowd pleaser, yeah, and kind of generic. But I think it's also a story that we don't see very often because it's about a deaf family of of uh, four but one of the four is can hear and so that's what Nikoto stands for child of deaf adults and the the story tells the perspective of the child who can hear in a family of people who are deaf and how um they explore the uh, the complexity of that dynamic and how uh, it can cause some conflict at time but other times it brings them together especially in that scene we talked about earlier in the end during the audition sequence which I, I thought that was the best scene in the movie yeah. um 
you know, we talked, I said I had some thoughts about it being a bit formulaic, and um, I've seen some criticisms about that being, you know, too generic or predictable or whatever, but I don't think that's always a bad thing. Yeah. In my opinion, I think uh, formulas work well at times, and other times I think they don't. Um, and I think when they do work well, I think that's actually kind of more of a compliment than a criticism because it takes a structure of a story we kind of already know, but brings something different to the table and, and tells a story that I think is important for people to see, especially casual audiences who may not have seen this movie um, without it getting the, the nomination or anything. Because it came out a while back. Like I don't think it was a um, in the Oscar time time frame that they yeah. generally come out in no. and it was just an apple tv plus movie and it really became a hit and i think that's really cool um and i really like i actually watched the end of the sag awards and i i saw when when they were all up there you know they got the cast ensemble and it was really cool to see um marley matlin's speech you know she obviously she did it and, and sign and everything and everybody was like super excited like I, they were sitting beside a table with javier bardem and they yeah. got up, and he was—you could—he just looked super en- enthusiastic about <laughs> them actually walking up there and winning for that one. I just thought that was a really cool moment. Um, That's awesome. But but yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a it's a story that deserves to be uh, recognized, and I thought it was you know it, it did something that not a lot of movies do, and you know it represented this this group of people that it's actually I think started to be more prominent in films recently like you, we saw oh, yeah. Sign Language in A Quiet Place Part 2, Eternals Drive My Car, I think there was another one last year that I'm drawing a blank on but I've seen a, a big increase a in, lot. in yeah, yeah and I think that's really cool and it makes me want to go learn sign language I think I'd like I actually yeah. considered taking an elective but it was one that wasn't eligible for me to take but uh, but anyway yeah I thought Coda was a great movie um, if it won best picture I'd be fine with that I think it would be really cool I don't think it will um, yeah, just because the indicators don't really support no. it, yeah, and, and and for it to actually win, but I think that uh, it'd be cool. I'd be surprised, but you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'd recommend it for anybody who's interested. You know, I think it it is easy. It's an easier watch for casual audiences because it's uh, you know it it does have that formulaic structure. But I think yeah. that's you know I think it actually and in, in, in the case of this movie, I think it's kind of a, a benefit. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. It is it is a very important story that I think should be heard and should be yeah. um, told and recognized. Yeah. So I agree, yeah. Cool. All right. Number two. What is your number two? Oh, I I think I know what it is. My number two. Licorice pizza, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Licorice pizza. So uh yeah, I I love this movie. Uh Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors. Yeah. And um this ranks really high with his movies um, for me. Um, but yeah, I got sucked into the story and the characters just from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that first scene is really strong and and the way you see their, his initial attraction to Alana and then this extremely flirtatious exchange that he has with her as they're walking to take his school picture. And you can see her try to be annoyed and uh, try to pretend like she's not like totally eating this up and living for the attention that she's getting. (laughs) Oh, I was I was annoyed with her. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. Uh, And I just love I don't know. I just love how like messy their situation is, but how they can't help but be uh, drawn to each other. And yeah, for that reason, I think it's a sweet story and that these two 
characters who don't know what direction they're like going in with their life given mm. what stage they're at that somehow they see each other and they understand each other and are have this eventually connect, have this <laughs> connection that is just really fun to watch and yeah i i really can't get enough of this movie have you just uh, seen it the one time or have you seen it more than I've once i've seen it more than once okay um, yeah i think you told me because i messaged you about it that you thought it was like very meandering and yeah i don't know i, just I love pointless <laughs> i love when uh pta gets uh, gets into that vibe with his movies yeah um because he's just it's just he's just kind of having fun with it you have like random uh cameos from people yeah like and Sean his other and, and his other movies too uh like from phantom thread you know barbara rose mm-hmm. she shows up here and gives this completely like wacky insane performance yeah. as like a casting director yeah and uh i don't know it's just it's a very fun movie and i'm also i really love these characters i think uh they're really funny especially i think alana being the best character in the movie i really like the scene where she has to like drive the truck backwards down the hill yeah and i think it's very interesting at the end of that like she because she's older like she's the one who had a she was driving like she had to step up she of course at the end of that having to reflect on like liabilities for any like damages that might have happened or like someone losing their life and they're just like over there acting like foolish kids that they are yeah and like her her move to like all right i'm gonna grow up now (laughs) it's to like get involved in politics but in (laughs) she she goes up to him she's like i I have integrity (laughs) (laughs) and then she's like bragging about it to gary she's like I'm a politician. <laughs> I, 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 that scene, I, I legitimately scene. rolled my eyes. You're not cooler than me. And I was like, is I was like, that. you're not a politician. I'm rolling my eyes <laughs> so much right now. I, I love depiction of just embarrassing people like that. That's it's really, it's I just really entertaining for me. It was the exact opposite for me. Yeah, I, I thought the only like the only like I said the only entertaining factor for me was when Bradley Cooper met Cooper Hoffman's character. Yeah, and he just said all these absurd things he would do to him if he destroyed destroyed his house. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I I remember I looked over at like halfway through or no probably about three fourths of the way through. Yeah, and I was like, I honestly hope Bradley Cooper follows through with his plan that yeah. he said he would do at this point because. I just want I just wanted to put me out of my misery yeah. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but well, I mean, I say it's entertaining to like watch these like <laughs> watch these characters just like embarrass themselves and their immature like antics. But it's mm-hmm. also just like a emotional thing too. I mean, it is sad to see them in this very like lost state yeah. where she's like hinging like I don't know her security or direction she's going within her life on how other men view her and she thinks like uh helping this politician is like i don't know her saving grace like Mm -hmm. i don't know and then it turns out she's just like (laughs) beard for him and um yeah i mean it sucks and then yeah people have a problem with the age gap and the way it ends people think that it ends in a celebratory way in a way that is like yeah uh 
Oh, because are they they're about, what ten years apart? I think, and he's still in high school, and she's in her mid twenties. Yeah, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of strange. But over time, once he's like out of high school, then it would no yeah. longer be weird. And yeah, and people, I don't know. People think the movie is like, oh, they're happy. That means like <laughs> the movie thinks it's good that they've now decided to be together. It's like there's no evidence that things are gonna like. They've had like ups and downs this whole movie. They're just oh, yeah, it's not two very out. two very like problematic uh, people in a problematic time of their life, who somehow relate to each other, yeah, and have such a deep connection that they find themselves in needing some needing kind of needing needing each other, yeah. And I mean, I don't. That's what's depicted on screen, right? I mean, like once he's eighteen, he's yeah. like what sixteen, seventeen. And once he's eighteen, and she's still basically in her mid twenties, yeah, people aren't gonna care, yeah, you know. So it's like if they if if PTA really wanted to please the audiences, he could have been like, "Here's how the movie's gonna end. He's gonna take a gap. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna break off the relationship, and then flash forward to a few years later." And here we go. Yeah. They're in a relationship. Either way, they're probably, they're either going to end up in a relationship or they're not going yeah. to. So, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, if anything, she, I mean, she's older, but she's... Still kind of acting like a 16-year-old. Yeah, and he's, in a way, is trying to grow up quicker than he should because he has, like, this hustler mentality that I find... Business entrepreneur. Yeah, th- that I find very obnoxious. And yep. it's like seeing that completely manifested, but in, like, a high schooler is exhausting yeah i was rolling my eyes at that too <laughs> but it's i don't know it's fun to follow um i really enjoy that movie i don't <laughs> <laughs> um okay so my number two uh this is gonna ruffle some feathers uh because people don't like it if if they have a lot of people don't like it and then there's people who do like it so mm-hmm. don't look up okay uh it's very much my oh, kind right. of humor Dark comedy, satire, social, political commentary. That is my cup of tea. Yeah. I really like this movie, and I think it nailed everything it was going for. I know some people like to complain that it does too much. It's trying to tackle too much. At its root, you know, it's it's a commentary on climate change, but I think it came out at a very um, in a very timely fashion because you can apply it to uh, current events or current situations and pretty much anything you want to apply it to because the comic could be a metaphor for more than just climate change like it yeah. it was it had a, you could say it's a it's a metaphor for covid it's a metaphor for whatever because people are divided on literally everything in this country yeah. and i think this movie was just pointing that out it points its fingers at literally everybody nobody on either side regardless of political affiliation was safe yeah. in this movie and I really appreciated that about it. It was like, we have problems with everybody. We need to address all of this. So we're going to take this really hyper-exaggerated um, approach to this you know, current climate and, and today's life. And uh, I thought that was, that was just really hilarious, uh, especially all the absurd decisions people were making were cracking me up. Yeah. Um, I talked a lot about this movie, my top five of 2021. So, like, people can go there if they want to have more of my elaborate thoughts. I had a written review on the balance board or whatever, but, uh, but yeah, I think you know it divided critics completely, uh, which honestly kind of fascinates me even more. And I think only points to the fact that I mean, it has 55 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So <laughs> roughly half of them, you know, liked it, and the other half didn't because Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregate score, basically. So people yeah. just go in, thumbs up, thumbs down, and then the percentage is just the overall, yeah, um, 
you know, average of how people actually liked it. And it happened to be that it's pretty much split in the middle. And that's exactly what this movie's pointing out, you know, happens in today's world. Everybody's divided on everything, including this movie. Yeah. And so people's reactions, I think, are exactly what this movie is calling out, which is a clear indication that people didn't get the message of the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just think it's a great social commentary. I know it might be a bit too extreme for some people, just because of how absurd everything is, but that's that's just what I loved about it. Yeah. Um, and I think the fran- people complain about the frantic editing. I think it works for the story because it is a frantic story. I think yeah. it matched it. Like if we had this really smooth transitions, it wouldn't have made it would it would have been kind of weird, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think it you know, it's a chaotic story and it, it's it uh, it's fantastic. Performances are great. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everybody. I was a massive fan of this brief, you know, character that was in there towards the end, which is uh, Timothy Chalamet's character. Oh yeah, he was cracking me up throughout <laughs> the entire, like everything he said from the uh, yeah. the um, fingerling potatoes. He was talking oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone, that that I was quoting that for like a month after the movie came out. Um, <laughs> and I also think the movie actually has a really nice ending with how you know, I think in a, for a movie that mm-hmm. is, you know, very extreme in its depictions with everything, I think it actually has a very heartfelt ending at the end about how people can actually come together. Yeah. And I think that's something people often overlook because they were just, uh, everything they found off putting in the movie. And so by the end, you probably didn't care kind of yeah. like me at the end of drive my car. But, but <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I, I really like the ending of Don't Look Up. I think it had a yeah. nice ending about how people can come together with just something as simple as sitting at a dinner table talking yeah. about, you know, just regular day things and like, wow, we aren't as different as we think we are. You know, people, yeah. I think like, oh, you're on this side. I'm on this side. We are drastically different people. I'm like, I think there's going to be some more commonalities between people than they think, because right now we just associate with yeah random, you know, arbitrary affiliations yeah. so i did love that moment at the very end yeah scene i think i've said my piece on don't look up a lot on this yeah. podcast <laughs> so i don't have to say much more about it so uh we're down to our number ones and through uh some deductive reasoning i think people can uh figure it out so yep, yep, yep. what's your number one all right my number one is uh west side story nice so uh i also have a lot of nostalgia for it mm-hmm. my parents like introduced me to movies like from a baby so this growing up was a movie that we watched all the time yeah know it by heart all the songs so uh leading up to the release of the movie i honestly didn't think i would like it or think it would be good just because it i don't know the idea of remaking it felt dumb i'd never thought about it it was just like that's like a staple for for like film in my my life and um that's very weird that they're remaking it and honestly, when I think about that, I'm mostly thinking about the visuals yeah. and like the quality of the musical productions. Mm-hmm. But visually, it's a very striking film, the 60s version. But honestly, the new one, I think, is a much better film uh, in yeah, every I, I way. Agree. Yeah, <laughs> like honestly. Yeah, like, that's why I said I think it was a warranted upgrade yeah. of the original, especially because you know we're not painting people's faces yeah <laughs> to no look like a yeah. different race you know that was a wrong that needed to be corrected yeah i don't think a movie that has that in the past like needs to be preserved um i don't what do you mean as in like a movie that did have like brown face like that mm-hmm. doesn't like we don't it's not untouchable you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think it deserves to be owed that. Um, if 
You're saying there, we don't think we should cancel movies in the past that not canceling, that? but just like I don't think it's like, oh man, we need to protect this and not remake it. You, that's untouchable. I, don't I remake see. It. I, you're it's talking like, about in terms of remaking. remaking I got it, you. Yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah. I thought you were talking. About, I think I misunderstood what you're saying. I thought you were talking about more of you know, kind of basically getting rid of it from existence. Oh, no, no, yeah. No, no. no remaking. Because uh, it got it wrong, and this yeah. movie got it right. And I got a lot of things right. Um, I think the performances are very strong. I particularly like the writing and what they add to every single character. Mm-hmm. I think it elevates uh, characters such as Riff uh, a lot more in this version. Yeah. I think even Tony is a more interesting character in this one. Mm-hmm. I think also the casting makes the movie make more sense and i know in the original one i was always kind of rolling my eyes whenever tony and maria would share the the, a scene yeah because they were just more so much more theatrical in their performances which is great i mean it's a like a it's also a play right it's a musical yeah i understand that choice but when you're trying to believe the story i'm like watching these grown adults and they just seem a bit too like naive and dreamy and like their head are are in the clouds yeah and it's just a, a bit much uh, when i watched the original yeah they like weren't with, the right age yeah like with tony and but they're also just fantastic in the in the original movie but in this one i just believe them more as people yeah every character steven spielberg directed it very extremely well yeah it's beautiful to look at um his camera work is stunning so one of the things i really liked about west side story this version in, in particular i thought most people were better than the original version. Specifically, I think uh, Rachel Zegler is a much better um, than Natalie Wood. You better than Natalie Wood. Why am I drawing a blank on the Maria? Maria, my yeah, God, no. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> I'm so bad with character names. It's so sad. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, but I do think that the original Tony was better, not because of the accusations of Ansel Elgort aside. I think just from an acting standpoint yeah the i agree the og tony i think he was better i think ansel elgort was actually one of the weaker he is links for this remake but overall yeah. i i think everybody was uh, better ariana debose well i mean rita marino was still really good in the original too but then she's you know playing a different character in this version so yeah she was great in this movie yeah. too but i think everybody at least ansel elgort aside i think everybody yeah. at least matched if not topped the original performance. Yeah. The, but, sta- the main standout for me was Rachel Zegler. Like, I thought that was yeah. a great breakout performance. I agree. Uh, even with Tony, I do like that they added in the whole, he's on parole and he's trying to change, turn his life around. Yeah. Because uh, it justified him being kind of a less vibrant, I guess, t- Tony. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know, he hates who he is and yeah. he hates himself and they he explained wants to him be more different. in this movie i just don't think they do. the performance was the oh yeah same. i agree and I, I i do think the rita moreno uh inclusion uh character that's invented for this version mm-hmm. is good because it kind of is a parallel to tony and maria and her marriage with an american mm-hmm. and that's why i think it's more powerful when she sings somewhere because uh, is hoping for a future where uh, right, yeah. things people can coexist and yeah, there's I no hate. Too. 
but it's better that she's seeing it from a position of I don't know more experience and wisdom and it, like a God imagine how tired how tired I am like I've been living how many ninety she's ninety I think yeah ninety years and and, and Is she things 90? still are this bad between Puerto Ricans and and immigrants and Americans mm-hmm. so it's it's a very tragic story and I think this movie kind of this version uh hit that a lot harder yeah i think they definitely explored the the societal themes more in this one it wasn't as subtle which you know i i appreciated um and i think uh yeah i think the the characters were written better overall their their arcs were more fleshed out um so i like you know i think this is a much needed upgrade from the original yeah and again like kind of like you like i heard they're remaking it and i was like huh interesting because that's a you know it's a classic movie at this point but you know i think it worked out very well and now it's got a best picture nomination i think it could actually be pretty cool i don't think it'll happen at this point it's but you know it's not you know out of the realm of possibility um the original one won best picture oh yeah so i think it'd be cool if this one did too um and you had the same movie win best picture twice i doubt it happens i was i honestly a couple months ago i thought west side story was going to win, no doubt. But now I, I I, think it's going to be The Power of the Dog. Yeah. I think it could. I think it's between the two movies. I think people are very much like, okay, let's give Steven Spielberg, even though he's like a legend, Yeah, like let's shower him again because we haven't done that in a long time and people yeah. are very much revering him a lot. Um, And I think, I don't know, they might want to honor him again. When did he win Best Picture last, or Director last? Was it... Uh, Schindler's List? I think. I don't think he he's won for anything in a while. So uh, he won for, oh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah, okay. and uh, Schindler's List. And I, I honestly, it would be a good win if he were to win yeah. for this because I, I do think this movie is on the level with his greatest. I, I, I do think that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't I agree. Like a hot take. It was, I no, I don't think that's a hot take. A lot of people are really liking it. I think, it's, especially in terms of you know just a technical standpoint, it's up there for best of the best for him. Yeah. Um, personal favorite for me? No, I wouldn't say that. But I mean, I do really like it. I, I like it, and I, and I appreciate it. Um, I think it would be cool if he did win best director. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I think I don't know the touch he brings to blockbuster level filmmaking is really uh, special, and I think. I don't know, people have responded to that, but not at the box office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately. Yeah, like West Side Story was kind of a box office flop, but a, a real technical achievement, you know? That's crazy to me. So, yeah, I mean, it it did come out around Spider-Man No Way Home. And that, oh, yeah, that's true. So there is that. I mean, Nightmare <laughs> Alley opened up the same day as Spider-Man No Way Home and made pretty much nothing in comparison. Yeah. So people, people are, especially with the pandemic and everything, people are just kind of, they go to, I feel like they're more selective with movies they, they go to, or more exclusive, I should say, with movies they go to. And it tends to be the, the blockbusters, which yeah. I get it, but you know, I think some of these other movies need some more recognition in the box office as well. Or So, um, anyway, all right. So my number one is Dune. This nice. probably comes without any surprise. <laughs> this is uh, it was my favorite movie of 2021, and so far it's my favorite movie of the 2020s, including the Batman, which I loved. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, the, those those two are like neck and neck. But Dune Dune is my it's become an all time favorite for me. I read the novel. I I really liked it. I actually read it the week leading up to the movie, which was a daunting <laughs> oh, yeah. task because Gosh. especially like I read. I don't really sit around reading fiction. I read a lot. You know. For, for school I'll read tons of articles about current events whatever but yeah I I, uh, I don't um sit around reading a lot of fiction did you so, read Messiah I, I started it I haven't okay. finished it though I, then I decided I'd, I'd wait a little bit before I actually finished it I kind of want to I might wait a couple years like actually watch the second movie and then yeah. read the second book but yeah I mean there was pretty much no competition for me dune is uh easily number one if I had to pick what's gonna win best picture in terms of if it were just up to me I would easily pick Dune just because it's my favorite. So I'm like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I really like it. It's uh, sci-fi um, works for me very well. I'm a massive fan of sci-fi. I think this world is fascinating. There's so much world building behind everything um, from a political level, a social level, the character dynamics, um, uh, hierarchies, even touches on ecology and then space exploration, all sorts of stuff. You know, you yeah. can pretty much name it. It's touched on at some point in this movie. Uh, the visuals, the sets are fantastic. It, like you said, it looks very expensive. And what's mind blowing to me is that Dune didn't even have a budget that was as high as Black Widow. Yeah, and Black Widow looks more just like a How? a studio product <laughs> that was kind of just puked out there and I'm not trying to say Black Widow is a bad yeah. movie because I enjoy it it's entertaining it's yeah. mid-tier Marvel yeah. I would say but it had a higher budget than Dune and what Denis Villeneuve was able to pull off with Dune visually yeah with a budget that did, that's not even a, a Marvel movie for most of them at least is is crazy yeah um Hans Zimmer's score, I think, complements the tone of this movie really well. It really captures the essence of this atmosphere. Um, I thought it was just a true cinematic experience. I wish I saw it in IMAX. That would have been super cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's a brilliant science fiction movie yeah. overall. I really enjoy it. It's, uh, yeah, easily my favorite movie of last year. And I think, yeah. honestly, if we're going to talk about movies that need to be represented in, in, in the... Uh, Academy Awards. I think it is actually really cool that this a science fiction movie is in there because that doesn't happen oh, often. Yeah. So I think if this did win, that would be a big win for the science fiction genre as well. It as somebody who's be. a massive fan of it, that would be that would be really cool. I would love it if it won. Also, another thing that I love about it that also because it's like Women's History Month. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it has great uh, um, women characters, and I think it's very fascinating that like its depiction of like the hero of the film is mm -hmm. like like why he's so powerful and why he's in the position that he's in to be like this savior and and even in the way it's depicted in this movie you hear that every time he's having visions it's all these like these female old women uh kind of prophesizing and everything yeah, like that's the said in, of the, the everything Gesserit. yeah and everything that's set in motion is either by his mother and things in Arrakis uh, kind of manipulated by the Bene Gesserit. It's just, yeah. it's very, um, it's very prominent in the film, the role of women. So that's, it's very cool, especially for a story written in the 60s. Yeah, in the sixties, and was yeah. To to add to that point, I do think they have a very strong presence, especially with the Bene Gesserit. I mean, they're kind of this yeah. 
uh, political Illuminati group that really kind of run everything, you know, yeah, and, and they're making a spinoff TV series of it. Rebecca Ferguson, I think she has a very strong role in the movie. Oh, yeah. So, um, but I think Paul Atreides is a very fascinating character. He is, yeah. In general. Um, and I think Timothy Chalamet really uh, captured that character very, very well. I think everybody did a really good job of catch, capturing each character, and I'm very yeah. much looking forward to um, the sequel. Oh, with uh, especially now that they've uh, rumors of the castings and everything, there's going to be more characters coming into play, exactly. um, and some characters like Zendaya's character is going to have a much oh, yeah, larger yeah. presence in the second movie. So yeah. it's going to get pretty crazy. People need to get ready for it. It's going to be pretty intense. Um, and they're they're starting to shoot this summer. It sounds like. So. Oh yeah, it's going to be quicker than I think people initially thought, which yeah. is great. I think if some people found the first one a bit slow. I, I mean, I get it. I, you know, I like a good slow burn. I think, I don't really think this movie feels super slow. It doesn't drag no. or anything like it, you know, I had a good time with it. Um, I think the second one is going to be um, maybe more accessible for people who found oh, it yeah. a bit slow because of a lot that happens. I in think the so second too. Half. And it, whatever the Oscar chances are for Dune part one, I think they will be higher for, for the sequels. Yeah, I mean, so, especially if you look at like the Lord of the Rings movies, for example, because a lot yeah. of people like to compare the Dune now, the now Dune series to yeah. Lord of the Rings. Um, and uh, Return of the King was the one that did the best at the Oscars, yeah. which is the finale of the trilogy. And I mean, it won Best Picture. So, you know, that could be cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll see. And I noticed people like to compare the ending to Fellowship of the Ring and that they're so different. And. I'm like, they really aren't because they both end with a fight that happens and then they go on this excursion to a new setting in the, yeah, the world that we're familiar with and yeah. it sets up the, you know, the next story. And people are saying, uh, everybody likes to compare the two, but some people are like, it's so different. I don't understand the comparison. Like the comparison literally is the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dune, that yeah. is my number one. West Side Story is... You're number one. So mm -hmm. since there are 10 movies here and this is a lengthier episode, run through your list real quick, just quickly, and then I'll I'll do mine. That way people can remember. Yeah. So my list from 10 to 1, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Belfast, King Richard, Don't Look Up, Coda, Nightmare Alley, Drive My Car, The Power of the Dog, Dune, Licorice Pizza, and West Side Story is my number one. All right. And mine from 10 to 1 as well is Licorice Pizza, Drive My Car, Belfast, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Nightmare Alley, King Richard, Coda, Don't Look Up, and Dune. Very opposite. So, yeah, very <laughs> very much, very different. Uh, I, I think this is a, an interesting set of Oscar Best yeah. picture contenders. I'm curious to see what'll win. I, you know, like we said, I think it'll be the power of the dog. If it is something else, I'll honestly be surprised. Yeah, and I I'm totally fine with it being something else, as <laughs> as we talked about. But I'm not going to get my hopes up. But um, but yeah. Any final thoughts on the on these movies? Um, uh, no. I'm I'm just I'm interested to to see what um comes out on top. Also, when is when are the Oscars? I have no idea. Twenty seventh. Two weeks from of, as of today from when we're recording because today oh, we are wow. recording this on Sunday, March 13th. I'll probably have this out in a week from now. So by the time this episode is out, probably almost 
a okay. week. It's on a Sunday. It's on March 27th. Yeah. No, I'm excited to to see these movies represented there. Yeah. Um, I always love the Oscars. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was interesting, Sam. I really enjoyed this conversation. So uh, where can people find you on social media if you're interested? Uh, yeah, they could follow me at on Instagram at uh, samuel.alejandro.rueda. Do you want to add your letterboxed or nah? Um, my letterbox is my name. <laughs> I don't know if there's like usernames. Uh, Samuel A. Rueda. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> if that's I, can, I can link them both. I just didn't know if you wanted that one yeah, yeah, yeah. linked as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure to link all of your information in the description of this episode. But once again, Sam, thanks for joining me today on this episode. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, be sure to follow or subscribe to the McNeil and Friends podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a rating and review if you want to help support the podcast. McNeil and Friends has expanded its reach into other types of content for fans to enjoy with a website called The Bounce Board where you can find movie reviews, articles, and more. You can follow the McNeil and Friends podcast on Instagram at mcneil.n.friends.podcast. Message me on Instagram to let me know how you'd rank the best picture nominees and what you think should win this year at the Oscars. You can follow me on Letterboxd at McNeil Mulliken Letterboxd is where I post movies I watch and write reviews. You can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Twitter and you can find the McNeil and Friends podcast on Patreon to support this podcast by becoming a patron if you so desire. All of this information can be found on the McNeil and Friends podcast website at www.mcneilandfriendspodcast.com and you can find a link that would take you to all of these locations in the description of this episode. If you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations and once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.